come stop and take a trip down on my block Where you see hidden potential, young minds sharper than Ginsu And ain't afraid to speak their mind if they got something against you We standing with you, we tackle issues like civic pride Hate will cease to exist, let's put our differences aside From my side to your side, from Dutchtown to Southside From Penrose to Northside, from Benton Park to Old North to West End to West Side We bless when we step out, we stand down, rise up, stand together, wise up this is Stitchcast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. The Stitchcast sits down with police captain Pierre Benoist to have a conversation about violence in the police force and the relationship with the community in this edition of Stitchcast Studio Live. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches. Hello, everybody, under the sound of my voice. I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Stitchcast Studio. I'm your host, Brandon Lewis, and we have a very, very special guest today. Uh, today, we're going to uh, talk about police violence and also how to improve the relationship between police officers and the community. Uh, that being said, let me say, I know you just said your name. But can you please introduce yourself? Okay. Yes, my name is Pierre Benoist. I'm the commander slash uh, captain of District 4, which is downtown, downtown west, and part of uh, Midtown and the north side. So, Officer James Harris, he works for me in, in what we call a deep platoon setting. So, he goes out and does a lot of community work, and he's awesome. I love James, he does a great job. Uh, so I've been a captain for about a year and a half and this has been my first and only assignment as a captain. Mm, really? So uh, you, you said a year and a half of being a captain? I just finished my 29th year on the police department. Oh, wow. Thank uh, you. Born and raised in the city, lived in the city my entire life. Born on uh, Fair and West Florissant, lived there until I was about eight and then my family moved down to the south side. And so I still live in the city currently. Wow. Have a wife and two kids. Wow. So uh, wow, that's a long time on the force. What 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 was your, what has your experience been like? Well, obviously everything's changing. It, it's always changing. Uh, when I came out, you know, I was assigned to District One, which was on the south side. It still is on the south side. And I was just a regular patrolman training. And then my captain at the time he i guess saw some of the work that i was doing and asked me to be like a community officer kind of like what james does and then we were more of a troubleshooting unit me and a couple other officers we would go and target certain individuals who we knew were creating the issues in the neighborhoods and we would deal with them mm -hmm. and then i've been fortunate enough to be in the gang unit for numerous years i was in narcotics i was in the vice unit i i spent some time with the fbi and dea then i was promoted to sergeant spent a lot of time up north st louis and then internal affairs uh before i was promoted to captain i was over the justice center and all the prisoners and so like say if we had somebody wanted or had a warrant out in california i was overseeing who would fly out to pick them up and bring them back gotcha. and stuff like that and then gotcha. i'm fortunate enough to be promoted and be assigned here Wow, almost 30 years on the force. From your perspective, what's the relationship like between communities and police departments now uh, relative to your experience? Well, from my standpoint, I can only speak for 
Pierre Benoit standpoint, it's much better today than it was when I came on. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just started doing that. I'm aware of community meetings, you know, like 20 something, 25 years ago, and it's just grown and grown and grown. And we we have more people of the community involved. There's no doubt about it. And so it is definitely better. You know, and we're coming up with new and different ways, such as this, you know, getting involved with, with your organization to branch out. You know, part of it is to build a relationship with the police and the community. It is. But they, like, take it personal, and they care a whole lot for the people, you know, that they work with and the people where they live, because most of them do live in the city. Do you think the, um, the efforts on this side of of the police force, uh, those efforts to improve relationships with communities, do you think that that's accurately portrayed? No, no, I, I, I don't. You know, I always just say the loudest voice gets heard, you know, and sometimes I don't think the loudest voice is the police department building bridges with the community, it's not. You know, I know personally, our little team that we have, we just try to go out and do it. We don't need the media and everybody looking at us and taking photos and all that. We just try to do what we can do, you know. Um, just as an example, you know, we took care of numerous families over Christmas who needed some help with gifts and, and, and everything. And no one knew about that. Mm -hmm. It's just stuff like that. We do that kind of stuff, you know, goes unnoticed. What do you think gets in the way of of those efforts being accurately portrayed? Well, once again, I think it goes back to the loudest voice. You know, I think, you know, we're human. Police are human, just as everyone here is human. And there are mistakes made, no doubt about it. And I think some people, that's their narrative. They want that. They, they need to keep it going. And I think the police department actually does a pretty good job of not feeding into that narrative a lot, you know, because that narrative is always going to be there. They're just waiting for a policeman or, you know, to make a, a mistake or be controversial. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to they're going to jump on it. Mm -hmm. And as being a captain, you know, I try to just direct the officers in that, hey, it's going to happen. They're going to attack us. Everybody's got phones. Everybody's got a video, you know, but we we cannot go to that level we have to be professional all the time and and that's difficult I'll, I'll totally admit it on my part it's it's extremely difficult to um, keep my mouth shut sometimes mm -hmm. gotcha uh, this is the last question I asked before uh, I'll open it for the other panelists as well as uh, yeah we have a microphone here as well if audience members have uh, questions as someone that tries to improve the relationship between police officers and the community when you see a video like what happened with uh tyree nichols or uh any or anybody else like uh, uh eric garner or anybody do you view that as those officers making a mistake and how do, how does seeing videos like that make you feel well obviously it was poor decision making on their part and of course i mean I'm wearing a badge, they're wearing a badge, we're out here supposed to be protecting and, and serving and yet they're making some horrible decisions. It affects me totally. I mean, I'm, I'm a human being so it would affect me and you know, sometimes I just have to take a step back and not take it personal that 
this isn't about Pierre Benoist or mm-hmm. James Harris or you know they made their decision down in Memphis or Minneapolis or wherever the incident may be that day you know so they have to live with that but in a way it's, it's extremely selfish that they do that because we're all paying the price you know as I talked about earlier people are just waiting to add to that narrative and right. feed that narrative and sometimes please give it to them mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it and we're in 2023 you know things are different we we should be better than that and we really should be mm-hmm. and I understand we're human we make mistakes but um, I think um, that's my position as a captain is like I have to watch the checks and balances and look at okay how many resistings has officer smith had or whatever like that and then see the red flags Mm -hmm. and that's my job as the captain and if i don't do that do the audits and that then i'm failing because this is what happens hey what's going on everybody it's that time again time for another stitch cast studio arts interlude that's right it's time to pick the city up this week we have a story stitch's original song entitled perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you uninformed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm If I wore a suit and tie, could I run for president? Could they prosecute me for a crime with no evidence? When you look at me, do you see any type of value? How can I think universal when I haven't traveled? Never had a passport, so my vision falls short Only time they pump me up is when we on the ball court But when it comes to economics, it's a disadvantage Limited windows of opportunity, quick to vanish I manage by myself, but need a little help My moves are calculated, contemplate on every step Quiet is kept, odds of living long ain't in the cards We dying slowly every day cause the struggle is hard What do you see? Are you dealing with reality? Is it the real thing or is it a fallacy? Because I'm in the hood, does that mean I'm from the hood? Because I dress well, does that make me all good? Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you uninformed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you uninformed Climate is hostile, can't stay calm How did I become the leader of a million men? And if they really men, then where they meant to follow? It takes a good follower to make a better leader We need believers, not perceivers, race relations hollow Broken bottles, vacant lots in my vicinity Drugs, gang violence, and poverty stains my memory Somehow I managed to smile, went through it all I reflect upon my past, draw graffiti on the wall Rest in peace, create a star, and underneath I write my autograph is this my culture? True American artifacts From starter jackets to pro models to BKs To Deodorus to Chuck Tellers where we stay Get God for your J's So many ways we behave Like the stereotype and what we betray is a slave
slave Although we descendants, we must end it A state suspended, living in a perpetual sentence of the perception We can't make it if given the chance When you look at the original, see greatness in hands They danced with the devil last year, I'm not he's so searching As for the public opinion, they showing no mercy Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you uninformed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you uninformed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm She thought I was guilty, cause I had my hoodie on No, not even once did she ever think she could be wrong Man, he said I stole something, cause my pants was too baggy I'm too dark skinned, the police keep getting at me I wonder why, is your perception my reality? I ain't even eating good, but still I'm burning calories Look at the difference in our infant mortality We dying in this hood, 182 fatalities How many look like me, racial disparities impacted Media bias and it make my people look so backwards State of emergency gets distracted with Ebola, game over My life is a purchase for stockholders Cause the rich control the market while the poor becomes the target We struggling to live while they strolling the red carpet Got your degree but does that really make you smart? You a nurse or a school teacher, that don't mean you have a heart do it Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you uninformed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you uninformed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm As a police department we could, you know, always improve, and, and, and that means getting more involved with the younger generation. There's no doubt about it. I, like, as I just said, I think the older generation, they're extremely grateful for us, and, and they appreciate us. And I've struggled with this for the last five to eight years about the younger generation and the police. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I try to talk to some of the uh, african-american men and women and say what is it you know i mean there, it's no secret that the this younger generation is much more violent than in the past you know and, and why mm -hmm. there's no communication there's no problem solving you know is it education is mm -hmm. it the home life is it parents is it the music I would like to know that answer right so i think everybody everybody has their own theories but i think uh the most likely answer is that it's a combination of it all i think that uh at least from the little bit that i know killers gangsters they're, they're getting younger right they're getting younger people are having babies younger or whatnot and unfortunately almost anybody given enough time in the right circumstances gets desensitized to uh th to the everyday human emotions that most of us feel right so when you got somebody that i don't know like a 18 year old right that on all they know is a street life and at 18 they have a kid the most likely course of action that they're going to take is to instill in their kid what they believe they need to survive and that's not the world's perspective of what 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 you need to survive mm -hmm. but from that 
that small block that they've lived on that, that, that they've never left right. that, that little neighborhood that they've never left mm-hmm. that's what they've needed to survive so in their heads they're instilling their offspring with the tools to survive the world that they had to go through or whatnot and so uh, like i said killers get younger and if you're i don't know if trained to kill is the right phrase but uh if you're psychologically trained to kill from the time that you six to the time that you're big enough to hold a gun then then the loss of life isn't as big of a deal to you uh we did another podcast uh with the gentleman that pointed out that high schoolers were planning their funerals and um what he meant by that night was not that they were literally planning their funerals but that they didn't have many plans for the future because they didn't expect to live that long and they were okay with that that's just what they viewed life as being i said so they didn't they didn't have dreams or goals of getting careers or nothing like that because they think if, if i make it to 25 then i did okay you know, uh, it wasn't until last year that I, I heard somebody say something about uh, surviving the summer. And they were like, uh, uh, I think it was an artist in a song said, uh, if we want to see August or whatnot. Now, I've never questioned whether or not I would survive the summer. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's, that ain't never even been a thing for me. You know, but for them, they literally approached the summer like, yo, 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 if we make it to the other side, if we live long enough to see fall, which is crazy to me. You know, that, that's so, that world is so detached from what I consider to be reality, but it's complete reality to them, which is kind of unfortunate because, uh, People like the ones we're describing live in a completely different world from where we live in. So I can't exactly give them the tools to survive in my world because they don't have to survive in my world. They got to survive in their world. So I think it's very unfortunate. But, you know, everybody has their own theories as to why it happened. But, yes, they're definitely getting younger. Um, I think it's really society and how people's view on life is it's starting to speed up everybody wants to quickly make a large sum of cash so they can do whatever they want with the money and with the youth it's really being pushed forward through just social media everybody's looking at everybody's life as like a competition who's doing what how could i one-up them or how what could i do better than what they are already doing and also it's it's not just like the music or uh, whatever environment it's the people in the environment and their view on life and what we need to start doing more is instead of just taking our perspective on what happened to us from our experience in life and trying to put that onto the next generation we need to learn from what we went through and figure out what was wrong and what should be done to improve the next generation yeah also um everybody's trying to live a, like a fast life trying to like get the quickest money ever also the influence like from friends and everything they in their lifestyle so like my friends doing this so like i might as well get on this they making their little money and also like with the with the parents also uh, some of the parents they're not good like role models for them and i think like some of the parents who like get mental like evaluations and like go through like the therapy process before having a child so i feel like what you're trying to say is that we need to make sure that people know what's right from what's wrong before they try to make uh, some type of effect on the future yeah yeah 100 percent. and that's the hard thing because to do that we we gotta ask the question who decides what's right and what's wrong 
Because everybody that before they open their mouth, they think they're right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got their own sense of what's right and wrong. Unfortunately, we don't line up all the time. So that's a uh, that's a hard thing to uh navigate. What's what's the uh like 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 you know you know like build a bird? Like if there was like a build a cop. What 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 would to you what would be the what would be the ideal officer? Well, you know, a good background, a good foundation of home life because I think that's where it all starts is that you know right from wrong. You have the ability to make good decisions, you know, the majority of the time. We're like I always go back to we're human, we're going to make some poor decisions. That's just a fact of life. And you know, some education and community just be open what i find amazing is that we have like so many officers right now that are on the force that they have not grown up in the city you know and they come here from like iowa or parts of illinois or parts of missouri and they're just like what is going on you know and i just think that if you're born and raised in this community you're going to adapt to this job you know much faster i'm not saying people who are in other parts of the the country or the state do not adapt they do there's no doubt about it but i think if you have that background that base of the urban city life then i think it's beneficial and to me i think a lot of people play that cheap but i think that's a big part of being a, a stand-up officer how 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 uh how much would you narrow it down like 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 would you would you go as far to say that officers should police communities that they're familiar with well i i think that you know obviously it would benefit the community and the officer if he's policing for part of his career the community you know but then on the other hand i'm like there could really be some good officers that know nothing about this community mm -hmm. and come in here and thrive you know there's no doubt about it so uh, i would say that you know if you're born and raised in here and and you grew up in the ville and now you're policing the ville of course you're going to have your advantages and you're going to be able to relate to people mm -hmm. much more than if you're born in warrington missouri mm -hmm. and then you come here right but i think that person from Warrington can adapt and because I have plenty of friends who are not from here or on the police force and they've flourished in this community you know mm -hmm. I don't think you have to like be born and raised here I think it helps you said that one of the first questions is like who was born and raised in the city I have a question for like is one of the questions that you ask is like why do you want to be a police officer? Because I really believe that that would be a great question if you could just like just have everybody out loud share why they wanted to be a police officer. Because I think that's a very important question that should be asked like personally as trying to be an officer and also just evaluation question. Well, what I do is I don't call them all out because it would take forever in that <laughs> class setting. So like we each get officers at the end of a graduation you're assigned to and then i'll meet with them on the first day okay and then i'll meet with them individually and i'll say okay you know tell me about yourself give me your background and it leads up to why do you 
want to be the police? Why have you chosen this career? And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, not so much anymore. It used to be like it's in the family, you know, oh, it looks exciting. It's fun. They offer educational benefits for me, you know, because I only had a high school degree when I came on, but the police department paid for my entire college, you know, stuff like that. And now I have a, a college degree. Wow. How, how did you balance being a police officer and going to school? Well, it was it was a lot. I'd go to school at night, you know, and then when I was on 3 to 11, you know, sometimes back then we could, you know, sometimes take a test and stuff while we were on duty. But most of the time the teachers would work with us. Mm -hmm. And so they it was it was um, it was beneficial. Gotcha. That's dope to have that type of um, leniency. Yeah. Oh, this is the last question I'll ask because I know you got to get out of here. You've already kind of spoken about how the relationship between the community and police officers has improved since you joined the force. Are you hopeful? Are you optimistic that it will continue to improve? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm very hopeful. I mean, like I said, I think the younger generation, they're much more open mm -hmm. to individuals and different people's lifestyles to whereas 20, 30 years ago, a lot of people weren't mm -hmm. you know i think this generation is much more social media you know i think they're in, they're uh, up to date on all that and i just think you know they're more willing to think about okay do i really need to lock johnny up today or can i just like maybe try to get him some services because mm -hmm. that's what we did back in the day we would lock up our way out of everything mm -hmm. you know and today it's totally different and the mindset of the people that are coming on is totally different and as um, a commander you know i think we're supposed to direct them to different ways of policing rather than just the old school way Mm -hmm. And like I, I said, there are people that need to go to penitentiary. Don't get me wrong. They do. But there are also people who need maybe a second or third chance and just offer them some services and stuff like that rather than dropping the hammer on them. Do you think uh, social media played a part in people's minds opening up a little more? Or do, do you think do you think it's because each generation is supposed to be more progressive than the last? What, what do you think is the reason? Well, I think, oh yeah, I think social media has opened their eyes up to a lot more music, lifestyles, whatever it may be, you know, so definitely. And I just think, I know myself as a parent, I'm much more open than my dad ever was, mm -hmm. you know? My kids, we can talk a lot about a lot of stuff and we can cry about a lot of stuff together. And as a young kid, we could never do that, you know? because it was like a sign of weakness and that and this whole generation is just to, they're totally different you know uh, I give some of the officers some trouble at work once in a while and I try to like kid with them and, and joke with them about that and and plenty other things but um, I think they're much more open today than even five years ago there's no doubt about it question have you ever like kicked down or do it like you ever like rehearsed it before you like you raided house is it an honest question have you yes when i was in that um um i was in multiple units where huh. we did that okay so, like how did it go like just take like a lot of leg power to kick your door like no 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 we we would just like when we do a search warrant 
we would just have a ram mm-hmm. and right. you ram the door uh-huh. but like okay say there you go on a call like um you know and i hate to to say this but domestic incidents have mm-hmm. skyrocketed just mm-hmm. through the roof you know and and it's sad because we're offering these victim services and and some take it after you know numerous times of us being there and some never take it mm-hmm. so to your point if, if we get a call and somebody's in there and we can hear it and they're not lacking it they're not letting us in and we feel like somebody's life's threatening yeah then we just we just kick the door in and go in and take care of business yeah because i mean you know i think that's our job as public service we're there to help and some people they they you know can't help themselves you know maybe a neighbor called and technology is really great for the police department because you could see how many times they've called yeah and maybe you know the police have checked on it on the way there oh man this is like the fifth time in a week the police are there so you know they they try to get there in a, in a pretty good time and then if they get there and they hear all this noise and possibly you know struggle in a fight and they're not letting us in then we would kick okay. the door in. okay we got 30 seconds all right be honest do you ever imagine that you're an action hero movie cop? Never. Never. <laughs> Never. I'm not into action heroes. Really? No. Did you hear the surprise that came from the you you know we would, right? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm maybe maybe I when I was younger, I, uh-huh. I might have thought about that a little bit, you know. But you know, when, when I was younger, you'd get the adrenaline, I just be honest, about not I was scared to death of these car chases because mm-hmm. back before, man, we could chase a lot more than what we chase now. Mm-hmm. And man, we would just drive those that tread right off there. Mm. And nowadays you can't. But my thrill was always the foot chase because I was younger. I ran a lot. I was an athlete, <laughs> so- and I could. I'd love to chase him down and catch him. Yeah. So you you you, ne- you never heard the action movie music in your head when you was doing it. Never. No, man, I was just going. I was just going. Oh, hurry, got you, got you. I was just like, I was just going. Stop, Captain Noise. We want to thank you so much for coming out and having this conversation with us. It's been a great conversation. Everybody under the sound of my voice, I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Stitch Cat Studio. We hope you found this insightful, maybe a little entertaining, but most of all, that you've walked away knowing something that you didn't know when you uh, came to listen. We want to thank you so much for listening. If you're in between the ages of 16 and 24, wondering how you can join our Stitch Cast family, or if you just want to know what Story Stitches is doing next, we encourage you to go to our website, storystitches.org, that has all the information that you could possibly handle. Thank y'all so much, and we out. Good job. Stitch Cast Studio Live is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Story Stitches is supported in part by the Lewis Prize for Music 2021 Accelerator Award. The mission of the Lewis Prize is to partner with leaders who create positive change by investing in young people through music. Additional support for Stitch Cast Studio and Story Stitches programs is provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2023, Trio Foundation. 
Deaconess Foundation, and the Arts and Education Council. St. Louis Story Stitchers and the Center is supported in part by Cranberg Arts Foundation as a resident organization. Thank you for listening. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.